0: Well, I have been inspired by Toadie's favourite film, which is Legally Blonde. Uh, really? Th- that's his favourite film? mm mm-hmm. And his bend and snap, it's something that's probably not appropriate for your eyes.
1: Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's. Pull at the Waterhole A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's Nursery for a stroll It's time to date buzz
2: CJ, Kate
0: Let's get the Neighbours. Hello, this is Neighbours, where the Neighbours recap podcast. We recap Neighbours and I'm Vaya. I have difficulties sp- for suspending speaking and suspending disbelief. I am in Melbourne's PirateNet Studios. I have used Ned's laptop out the back of Harold's that still has a subscription to his podcasting software and I have dialed in... Better known as Remude on Twitter. It's Kate. Hello. Hi, everybody. And return guest from New South Wales, and there'll be more to be said about that in a moment. <laughs> it's better known as DJY, David James Young. Yay. <laughs> oh,
1: it's good to be here. parties sting again.
2: Back. Hell yeah. It's good to be here. <laughs> Look out. Got to bring the energy somehow.
1: For me, you are still the most memorable guest we've had on the really? show.
2: Really? Oh, my God. That's that's high praise. You've had Millsy, you've had Jeff Payne.
1: I've never given any other guest a lift to the station whilst racing a train either.
2: <laughs> that was such a wild night, we were just like we were just you were just like fanging it and just like chatting, it's just, just like, yeah, the kids are really into client liaison now and it was like, oh yeah. And then just you fucking ram in just Arr! and it was just like I get out, and then not fifteen seconds later, the train pulls up, and we just look at each other. And it's just like our work here is done. We've clocked this.
0: That's Fast and the Furious Ten.
1: But I was Whoa. like, "No, you can't go to this <laughs> session. You'll get stabbed."
0: You were all
2: over it. I I was a stranger in a strange land at that point. It was a it was a hell of an adventure.
0: Well, David, that must seem like <laughs> and a distant memory because oh god,
2: a literal lifetime ago.
0: Now you're. Back Is it Newcastle?
2: Uh, I'm in Wollongong.
0: Why did I say Newcastle?
2: I don't know why. Well, because they're both uh, referred to as the Seal City. Uh, they both have like uh, steelworks, industrial backgrounds, and they're both right on the, the coast, on the beach. Oh, line. there you go. Wollongong's on the south coast of New South Wales.
1: Uh, Newcastle doesn't have the Kiama blow Blowhole.
2: No, it does not. <laughs> <laughs> it does have the bogey hole, which is quite a nice swimming hole. No, no disrespect. Ultimately, to to Newcastle, but uh, no, Wollongong is the superior steel city.
0: So, COVID's popped off in New South Wales. DJY, <sighs> How's lockdown treating you?
2: Oh, just swimmingly. I'm having a fantastic time. God, the the, the places you'll go, as the the cancelled Doctor Zeus would tell you. Oh, God, I've been to Coles. Yeah, I've been to Woolworths. I've been out to stop. put my Stop, just clothes...
1: stop going to supermarkets.
2: Oh, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, actually, that's your problem.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the need to eat and survive. That's 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 my main problem. Yeah, that's what's been holding me back.
1: Let me take you back to the 80s and do a big shop.
2: And that's why... Oh, the big shop.
1: <laughs> You've got to <into> do a big <laughs> shop to reduce your COVID exposure.
2: <laughs> and they were all over that in the 80s. They knew what was coming.
0: David, how are you getting your fix of gigs? Because you like to get about town and see some music, live music. Absolutely, How are you getting your fix?
2: Uh, The last thing I went to was the last show I actually played, which was I was in Canberra at the end of June, and it just looked like things were kind of taking a turn for the worse, but I was just like, oh, you know, it's like a handful of cases, you know, they usually flatten out within a couple of days, and then the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme played, and... Now I've been here for three months, so, you know. Uh, look, it's definitely been tough in that regard, uh, you know, kind of. Honestly, it's been a lot of living vicariously through everywhere else because, you know, everywhere else got fully vaxxed pretty quickly or, like, close to fully vaxxed yeah. pretty quickly. So, like, I'm watching all this footage from, like, Lollapalooza and Reading over in the UK, you know, just watching Limp Biscuit set from... Uh, Lollapalooza over and over and just being like oh man I should have been there but I'm not I'm stuck here in my room but yeah so it's a lot of uh, once again kind of living vicariously which is very funny considering when I was going to shows like last year and even earlier this year like some of my American friends were seeing that and just like oh you know I miss that so much and now I'm sitting here you know like locked in this cage basically and watching all of my friends over in the US and the UK getting to do stuff. I'm just like, oh, so that's what that feels like.
1: You don't mind a personal question. What's your vax sitch
2: like? I am uh, at the time of recording a matter of days away from my second AstraZeneca shot. Yeah. Yeah, baby.
1: No, you know what you'll be then? You'll be an Oxford graduate.
2: Oh, hell yeah.
0: I'm
1: going to jump into Neighbours Council business sweetie it's just business so our newest member of the neighbors council is miss katherine jones aka cj the hot Mess mum. we asked her when she listens to the podcast and she said i'm actually d3 d and andrea were actually triplets and i am sandy i had the same same genes but i ate more pies
2: <laughs> is that legal are you allowed to be a patron for your own podcast
1: No, no, this is – she's just rejoined the council because she was hacked by someone in Virginia. Yeah, she is also a patron. Oh, right. But she yeah she got fully hacked
0: and to the point where she's like, delete me from everything, delete me from every group thread, delete me from your life, and
1: to the point where I was like, are we going to still be friends? This is like a super (laughs) elaborate way to get out of this podcast, Vale.
0: Oh, right, yeah.
1: We were about to get
0: Bailey on the dark web to try and sort out what was happening with her. She, she was about to get like identity swapped. Yeah, Sandra Bullock in the net. <laughs> oh, that's it. <laughs> um, so welcome CJ. Now I will thank to patreon.com/slash Pod, Chad. Chad will be enjoying a trimming, a clipped-up segment from this episode, and a storyline that we've saved just for Patreon. And I believe we're gonna have some Harlow and Chloe chat. For this trimming. Oh, boy. Just because they had a lot of time last week, so I want to do a bit more ranting about them just for Patreon. Are we going to use the word mole in there? I'd love to. I would love nothing more. Finally, for business, I want to discuss theories on a show that hasn't even begun yet, uh, the new season of The Masked Singer. Oh, yes. Yes, there's a character called the marlin and he's, he's a fish and he's got a big curly mullet and the council's popping off going, well, it's got to be the toadfish Rebecca. They wouldn't go
2: that obvious, though, would
0: they? I mean,
1: I think you raised valid points about he couldn't be doing this in Sydney. Oh, true, yeah.
0: No, because, yeah, it was recorded in Sydney a month ago, and obviously he's in Melbourne, and I doubt they would want to – Unless he's got long service leave, but I doubt they want to like video chat toady's scenes in.
1: Yeah, but I yeah. feel like toady's wife, our IRL wife, wouldn't want him going to Sydney and like leaving the kids.
0: He could record it remotely. Like maybe he's in an isolated studio in Melbourne and they beam it into Sydney, but who can be asked doing that?
1: With the mullet, Toadfish, um, Rebecca, he was not the only Australian with a mullet. We've got like hundreds of ex 4 footballers. <laughs> a oh. And I, you know, I've got my hand up maybe for Dipper. Oh, I like it.
2: Has Warwick Kappa done it?
1: Oh Jesus! Ooh, if I'm not, he'd go. definitely
2: do it twice. I'm pretty sure he's released a he released a single back in the 80s.
1: Yeah, yeah. Warwick Capper's sig- single was "I Only Take What's Mine." Oh, that's right.
0: Yeah. What a every song. retro sig- single like this has has to have a really long sentence as its title.
2: Yeah, totally. That's my my second favorite song by a footballer, followed by uh, "I'm an Individual" by Jacko, which is just a
1: oh yeah a, oh. <laughs> You can't fool me. Piddle.
2: You can't fool me. You get it.
0: <laughs> okay, business out. So you're doing business with you. Now, we are discussing the week commencing the 23rd of August. Nicolette's still MIA, and everyone has moved on except for Jane, her mother, who is grieving essentially, the loss of her daughter, the loss of the relationship she had rebuilt, and the loss of being able to enjoy grandmotherhood with her daughter. Mm. And in, instead the rest of the family are foisting this baby upon her, like, bond, bond, nana, bond. And she's like, I need a minute to cry.
1: And they're like, and... can you actually just
0: text first?
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, God.
0: Usually it's the new parents that are like, can you give us a minute? We're tr- you're trying to feed right now. And no, this time it's the new parents barging into other houses.
1: Even though it's, it's grandma's house, I still think it's polite to text. Just to say, oh, I'm just five minutes away. Can I can I pop in? Yeah, even you just I'm on your front doorstep. Can I come
0: in? Yeah,
2: can I can I see the fake baby that isn't actually mine that still hasn't been addressed yet?
0: I love that little ticking time bomb infant. Oh, <laughs> baby filer. Oh, oh, actual live bomb. Honestly, it is.
2: Still not been resolved, and I'm waiting for the Dux marker there just to fix everything. It's just like, oh, it turns out she actually had twins or some shit. But like, no, we still haven't gotten an actual
0: answer. So Jane is like, all right, I'm going to go back to work. That'll take my mind off my missing daughter. But then at work, she has complete meltdowns in the corridors. But which would be fine if not for the fact that Hendrix has decided to enter the Shorts and Briefs Film Festival with a little zombie love movie. Um, and just, like, strap a GoPro to his head and run around. It's actually – it's it's it sounds like the exact thing a teenage boy would make at high school to enter a film festival to win some cash. Yeah. Like, yeah, run screaming down the hallway, chase after your classmates, and then just slap it together in iMovie.
2: Oh, I can't wait. Spielbergian.
1: I feel like even, you know, like when I was in high school a million years ago, if I'd done this, I probably would have popped up a couple of witches' hats and some tapes saying there's filming beyond this point.
0: Yeah, like they told him to. Like they do it down Border border Patrol or whatever, where they're like, if you if you walk past this point, you consent to being on Channel 7.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, we were once um, breathalyzed at, a, at a, a spot that had a sign-up saying, this is being filmed for RBT. <laughs> we're random breath testers. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Phil, what the hell is RBT? Because it was before it, that it started. And he was like, I don't know. I don't even know what it means. And so I asked the cop and the cop's just like all steel-faced, RBT. <laughs> and I'm like. I won't ask any more questions. <laughs> so Hendricks
0: captures, you know, Jane crying on film, but then she's she keeps screaming at him to like stop filming. And he's like, I've got permission from Susan. But just because you've got permission doesn't mean you can barrel around with no regard to anyone's personal safety. He's like running around knocking bins over.
1: And yeah, so like consent to be filmed as well. Yeah.
2: Raised a valid point where Hendrix is just like, yeah, no, I haven't asked every single student. It's just like, maybe don't do that then? Like, I get it, I, like, filming when it's quiet and shit, but, like, yeah, most of them are minors. And, like, that's, that's something you should really be clearing with release forms and all that sort of stuff. But, like...
1: <sighs> don't let most of the kids go home at 3.30 anyway. Why not shoot it then?
0: Yeah, honestly. And... It's August, and for year 12s, exams are in less than two months. So, what is Susan doing saying it's okay to just barrel through the no. hallways?
1: Another dark day for Erin Sparrow High.
2: <laughs> Susan just checked out like months ago. Like, she.
0: <laughs> she, Years. she. She does not
2: care, Pedagogically, does not care what happens at that school.
0: She's doing remote learning, but no one else is. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm just standing here like fucking John Goodman in the Big Lebowski, just like, am I the only one who gives a shit about the rules?
0: <laughs> um, Kate, talk us through this moment where Jane is at her wit's end and Hendrix's bol- balls are over and she cuts sick get him. Oh.
1: I don't condone violence, but I am firmly team Jane here. She Honestly. reached her head hand back to like smack him over the chops and somehow she found it within herself to to (laughs) stop from doing that because I don't know if I would have
0: Hendricks, what part of me telling you to stop was unclear? I'm nearly done, this is my last shot I I didn't tell you to stop when you had finished I said stop,
1: full stop Why? I'm not doing anything wrong I have release forms and permission from Susan you're the only one that has a problem with this Hendricks? No, I shouldn't have to mangle my film because your stress leave didn't work
0: How dare you?
2: I don't know if I can speak on behalf of all three of you, but the amount of times that I've wanted to slap Hendrix Grayson square upside the head and just. <laughs> thung, just really feel that, like, skin on skin action there, just the. pap. Oh, it, it just would
0: be immensely satisfying. Jane was slapping on behalf of all mums. Oh, God,
2: yes. That little shit has had it too good for too long.
1: I do find him charming a lot of the time, but when he turns around and sasses our Jane, he can mm. just get the F out of here.
0: Who is going through a very severe trauma at the minute.
1: Trauma, like yeah. has disappeared.
0: Then there was a bit of back and forth about, oh, do we tell Susan or Hendrix might tell Susan or let's. Tr-. And then thankfully Jane's like, no, I'm I'm a grown woman. I'm going to go tell my boss that I nearly hit the kid.
1: Mm. But uh, look, the key word is nearly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nearly.
2: That's what she gets punished for, for not finishing the job.
1: How many teachers must have been in the situation where like, oh, should I go to the principal because I I, I nearly called this shitbag an effing C? Yeah, do you think Ellie, Ellie would have
0: been better off if she'd nearly called Piper a skank? Oh, my God, I forgot about that.
1: That guy, Angus,
0: would have been better off if he only nearly boned Caitlin Stacy. Oh, my God. So, anyway, that was fun.
1: The almost slap. The, the yeah. biggest thing that could have happened was him to release the video and it go viral because that would have ruined her life. But then, as you said, Hendrix, the charm of Hendrix is he looked at the video
0: footage, saw this woman in pain and anguish and was like, you know what, I feel sorry for her and went and said to her, hey, look, that was full on. Are you okay? I hope you get help. And, you know, good on him. Ollie Ollie would have released that shit.
1: It's pretty rare for um, characters on Neighbours to have empathy.
2: Yeah, and not be complete sociopaths.
1: Which brings us to the
2: rest of the week. Oh, my God, just sociopath central.
0: (laughs) Well, let's get into... Um, the big event of the week. It's everything centers around this promotional party to promote the Shorts and Briefs Film Festival, which only just occurred to me as I was watching this evening. Where are they gonna show these movies? Is it out on the lawn with a projector? Oh god, imagine at the bloody like sandbar at the flamingo. Yeah. Cause it it only just hit me, like how is a bar hosting a film festival? Usually it's like an audiovisual center. <laughs>
2: So, I think there are two options here uh so option a is they can be out in like the main like courtyard area you know where where mrs punt famously toppled over into the love heart <laughs> which beautiful. is still one of my favorite moments in neighbor's history oh, of course. yeah um you can set up a nice big screen there and get a projector and everyone can sit out and like doing like an open air trop fest cinema kind of thing
1: that, that's the home of b's um silent night christmas carols
2: the very same yes indeed Uh, And option B, uh, as we've now established, thanks to the uh, drag queen uh, lip sync battle from uh, earlier this year. Well, I'm pretty sure that was earlier this year. Like this year has gone for 27 years, but uh, I'm 90% sure it was this year where they uh, had the uh, simulcast of what was happening (laughs) inside the pub. (laughs) Out in the out in the courtyard
1: So they're with, just going to show it on like, you know, like The TAB screens <laughs> up Everyone's
2: going to be huddled around The TV screen While the you VIPs get to watch Inside the pub
1: Number 72, your palm is ready <laughs> yeah. oh, all
0: the, all the little monitors above um, The Bowsers at petrol stations Oh god, yeah, yeah
1: <laughs> Look, from a COVID safe perspective I am all for the outside um, Cinema experience
2: yeah, you know, open air, and I'm I'm sure everyone be vexed, Yeah,
1: up at the rooftop bar, up by the pool. Oh shit! I
0: forgot about the rooftop bar.
2: They haven't been there since Ned quit.
0: Yeah, because they don't have a manager for it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure they do have a manager, but like, they don't exist in like actual canon.
0: Well, also Paul, but because Paul sacked half the staff to make room for a salary for Harlow's um, ultimate grand supreme job title. Oh yes, that he invented.
2: All hail Harlow. I think
1: we need like a um, Kim Jong-il kind of (laughs) metaphor.
2: Need like a Chairman Mao style like cutout photo of Harlow, yeah.
0: They can just take the billboard from the uni and put that up. Oh, yes, that's right. I should mention from CJ's point of view as a marketer, the fact that they've cobbled together this promo party day of, like or day before, and everyone still has time to go to the costume shop to the one of three costume shops in the region and get either get professional costumes or just pick pick a character in a movie that just wears a suit or jeans and then just dig it up from your wardrobe and you're fine.
1: I have never given a single shit about a party that much that I'm willing to pay money for a costume for it. I've always cobbled it together from my own wardrobe or bought something Definitely. from a normal store. Yeah, from the useful box. I did it once for – um
0: for in year twelve because I was like, you know, I thought it would make I thought boys would kiss me if I had a costume I paid money for.
2: How'd that work out?
0: I left it again for like the day before and there weren't that many costumes that suited me. There was just not that much going. Mm. And I ended up with <laughs> I ended up with a wizard costume.
1: <laughs> oh, that's, God,
0: like, it would have been I
2: lining know. up then, absolutely. Yeah, like
1: nothing says the, the wizards, right like, kind of boys. Nothing oh. says welcome to
0: the wizard sleeve like a pair of oh, wizard that. No, oh.
2: Who wouldn't want to mac on with Gandalf? Absolutely. <laughs> now we're talking.
0: It was like purple and gold, and also it had that one of those cone hats. And I didn't have my hair like flowing. I like thought, well, I have to honor the hat, the headwear, so I like put my hair up in a bun, and I looked like but a don't man. Don't wizards have long hair anyway? But I look like a man wizard.
1: <laughs> the saddest.
2: The saddest wizard. <laughs>
1: high school. That's, that's very Just fair. Wants to love, but yeah. where's a
0: wizard costume? <laughs> I am the definitely. I I wear that title definitely.
2: With pride.
0: Don't know, but the point is, that's the first and last time I bought my I bought a costume for a fancy dress party. The rest of the time, I used something from my
1: calisthenics or dance concerts. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just discuss the various costumes that were there? Please, Kate, you have the floor. So, Amy and Ned were dressed up as Men in Black characters, which I'd just oh. like to point out to you is a 24-year-old movie.
2: Yeah. Banger of a
0: theme song, though.
1: I mean, they did reboot it. Why not put I mean hats yeah. on and, and go as the Blues Brothers? Because I reckon that's far more iconic than the Men in Black. I think
2: that's that's the new question to ask in the relationship. It's just like, so which one's the Will Smith and which one's the Tommy Lee Jones in your relationship?
1: <laughs> oh, they're a bit sensitive about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, we've got Coyle, Roxy and Tarage as Thelma and Louise and Brad Pitt. Oh. Now, I'd just like to point out to you that that movie is now 31 years old. I forgot that Coyle was someone.
2: Yeah, I thought Kyle was like I thought they said "Brokeback Mountain" at one point, and I'm just like, okay, that makes sense.
0: I think that was just Ned having a dig.
1: That reminds me of I, I went to a, a trivia dress-up thing that I was invited to by friends, and yeah. so, and it was a, we had our tables theme was famous couples, so Phil and I dressed up as Batman and um, Catwoman, which straight yeah, there was only four couples on our tables, and someone else did that as well. But we get to our friend's house because we were going with them. And they were dressed in their frickin' civvies as well, and I'm just like, "Are you serious? I've got bloody whiskers drawn <laughs> on my face." <laughs> yeah.
2: and I ask if you were Batman or not. That's weird.
1: And anyway, and I'm yeah, giving her the the stink eye for it, and she's like, "Oh, I think we better, you know." She's like, "Oh, well, I guess, you know, like where oh, who was it? Ryan F- Felipe and um and Reese Witherspoon," and she's like, Hee-hee-hee. and I'm like. Mm. And then we get to the actual event. Every other single person there was dressed up, so she felt like she was the one, one out. I once went as Batgirl to a
0: superheroes party. I wore yeah. a black leotard and skirt, and then I hand I cut out a bat from, like, silver fabric that I had and stitched it to the leotard. I
1: think I went to, like, a booze cruise um, fancy dress as Batgirl as well. The, I cannot
0: wait for one day to be able to have booze cruises back in Back in circulation.
2: Oh, yes. All <laughs> aboard the Ribby Princess the second that shit kicks off.
1: And so I'm just I'm just choosing the movies that I actually recognised, which was most of them. So we had someone dressed up as Beetlejuice from 1988. Someone randomly dressed up as someone from the Royal Tenenbaums from 2001.
2: Oh, yeah, which, which got referenced this week because they were talking about Wes Anderson movies.
1: Yeah, mate. Who doesn't love a 20-year-old movie reference?
2: It's a great movie. Don't get me wrong.
1: Now, Toadie was Mad Max from
2: 1979. Yes, very nice. Which
1: was the oldest reference. Um, There was an extra dressed up as Ginger Spice from Spice World. Classic. Another extra as Kill Bill, 2003. Another extra as um, Sher from Clueless. And somebody was doing a Vea and dressed up as that guy from Lord of the Rings.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's (laughs) right. I'm sure they looked sexier, though, than I did.
1: You, you never know under those hats, do you?
2: Yeah. I actually, I had a question. Was Carl meant to be Bradley Cooper from A Star Is Born? Or was he supposed to be Chris Chris Christopherson from A Star Is Born? Because he'd, he'd, he'd be Chris Christopherson era Star Is Born, not Bradley Cooper, right?
1: No. Because I was like, that. he and, oh, who was the other one that stumped me? Oh, um, the zombies, McKendrick.
2: That could just be any zombie movie, really.
1: Yeah, except um, Hendrix was quite offended that someone else suggested that it was um, a zombie from World War Z. But who did Olivia pointed
0: out in the council that they were from a real Australian zombie movie?
1: Um, oh, really? Cargo. I
2: haven't seen that.
1: Going back to Carl, mate, you want you obviously want to hold a guitar. Why not dress up as Elvis from Jailhouse Rock? Oh, great choice. And there's probably an Elvis costume in the rotation on the street. In his oh, wardrobe.
2: That increases the chance of seeing Carl's bare chest, though, because of the low neckline, the V-line in the suit and shit.
1: Surely that's a draw card. Oh. Or even, oh, Elvis. <laughs> in- your,
2: your mileage may vary, Kate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but for him, he'd love it.
0: Oh, he'd love it, absolutely. Now, we've got to talk about the piece de resistance costume-wise.
1: Well. Firstly, like, let's wind it back a bit. Mackenzie asks Melanie who she's going to dress up as. So, of course, Rose is hanging around behind the Lasseter's trellis like a bad smell, eavesdropping. And so Melanie's like, oh, I'm going to dress up as Elle Woods from um, Legally Blonde.
0: Because it's Tody's favourite movie, which is a glorious detail. How was she able to hear that so far away?
1: It's the magic of Aaronsboro.
0: Particularly when, um, and we'll get to it, um, Levi's having a private conversation with Sheila while his mum is still at the same table. Yes. And all she had to do to block them out was look down.
1: Well, you know, the acoustics in Aaronsboro, they are, you know. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may maybe shit. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like, Mackenzie's all like, oh, that film. And I'm like, hang on. You're a law student, aren't you? Wouldn't it be like the one movie that everyone's seen there, particularly for a young woman? I messaged our resident Legal Legal Beck saying, is it in any way feasible that Mackenzie wouldn't have seen Legally Blonde? And Beck says she shouldn't have been allowed into law school if she didn't. I'm judging.
0: Well, my take was that she had seen it, but she was just gobsmacked that Toadie liked it. I'm like, yeah. Sometimes mm. men can like chick flicks,
1: and it's quite respectable of Toad. Toadie's a massive dork as well. <laughs> like, I don't think he's like watching highbrow films. And he
0: relates to Elle. He was, you know, people underestimated the young kid from Colac with the mullet, and he's like, no, I can, I can go to Eden Hills University and do law legally. Toad, <laughs> <laughs> you got your own law firm? What? Like, it's hard. <laughs> 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 Piece of piss. Piece of piss. Exactly. Now, not only does Rose, who is back running, you know, doing PR for the Film Fest, not only does she overhear this, but in her quest to win back Jared Rebecca, she goes to not one but three costume shops in town. Yeah, and surrounds and buys up every single legally blonde outfit that they Which
2: have. Which I'm, I'm guessing is going to cost a pretty penny, A, but also, B, like, how is she finding all these niche places? Like, it reminds me of that bit in, in, that bit in The Simpsons where Hank Scorpio is just like, oh, you got to go to the hammock district. That's where all the hammock stores are.
1: No, because I was just thinking, only three? I know more than that. Come on. <laughs> It's amateur hour. I'll just go, like, five minutes down the road and there's another three to choose from.
0: Well, I'm assuming there was one in Erinsborough, one in Eden Hills, one in Anson's Corner.
1: Oh, you're not getting the quality ones in Anson's Corner. And
0: since the bric-a-brac shop, you know, it's not yeah, very convenient f- anymore.
1: Find find one of Kate Ramsey's old dance outfits. Really? That'll do. Someone's in a
0: top hat being a clockwork orange. That dance she did with Jason Coleman. Because, oh, oh, my
1: my God, wouldn't that have been, like, a fabulous movie to see on Neighbours? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, a few
0: things here. Let's pick this apart. Lovely um, inside joke because obviously Lucy Durack played Elle Woods on stage in the musical in Melbourne, oh, in Australia. There you go. Opposite Rob Millsy Mills. Friend of the show. And yeah. So she's dressed in the like pink, I, I can't describe clothes. Describe what she's wearing. Hot pink.
1: <laughs> so Rose is in a gorgeous kind of, um, I don't know, faux Chanel hot pink suit.
0: Which actually looked
1: like what. Nell
0: Woods wears in Legally Blonde too, but whatever. We're splitting hairs.
1: Very elegant. And apparently Toadie was able to recognise that straight away because Melanie has had to cobble together a costume from Nell's dress-up box. And I'm a little concerned <laughs> that Nell's dress-up box includes a pale pink satin um, corset.
0: Well, you know, it's yeah. adult size. We've just
1: had book week. Yeah. Um, so maybe <laughs> she had...
0: A um the pictorial reference of Moulin Rouge that I had in the early two thousands, uh.
2: and she
1: wanted to be Christina Aguilera,
0: or <laughs> well, maybe she was going for
2: Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror.
1: Maybe could Madonna um Material Girl.
2: Oh yes, definitely, definitely a Big Madge fan for sure.
1: I'm I'm disturbed. I actually feel that that's that's a cry for help that she found that in there, and also there was like a feather boa as well. I don't. Oh.
0: The other thing is. If you'd said to the costume shop, this is like a bad keyword search. So she walked into the costume shop and said, do you have any legally blonde costumes? And the owner's like, no, I've leased them all out to a blonde lady. And (laughs) she's like, okay, bye. See you. Thank you for your time. Leaves. She doesn't say, what about a Playboy bunny costume? Because then also Toadie thinks, are you meant to be Bridget Jones? She could have said, what about a Bridget Jones costume? Yeah. Like like just a bunny. Do you have an Easter bunny costume? Like anything would have worked. Rose's divorce settlement. I, you know, I ain't going that far. No. Yeah, do you have do you have Moulin Rouge corsets and a pair of bunny ears? Thanks. 50 bucks. See you tomorrow. Now
2: that I'm thinking about it, uh, I, I'm starting to think that it was less from Nell's box and, and maybe it was from Carl's and Susan's box that she found all this stuff.
0: Yeah, they went to Nell's, they found a pair of bunny ears and then <laughs> Hendrix is like, guys, guys, guys,
1: guys, I'm going over the road.
2: <laughs> I, I know where the good stuff is. Yeah. yeah
1: I'm- Something even more disturbing than that Yeah. Sonia's sexy outfit
2: oh, oh no. <laughs> no! too soon
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. maybe it was you know it was Nell would never let Toadie throw it out <laughs> and then then he'd see it on his new love interest and
2: oh and he'd have it he'd have another flashback yeah oh god it's all there
1: And if, because obviously a costume
0: department is going to make their stars look good. So Melanie looked cute, but because it had to be a shit costume, you needed Rose to say, oh, well, I wish I could have been as thrifty as you, so I could have saved a penny. That's the only reason we knew it was a shit costume.
1: It was not a shit costume. No. You go F yourself. I was affronted. That was like, (laughs) you know what, she may be, you know, a a weirdo, but she's our weirdo, love.
0: Back off. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm so She's... protective of Melanie um, So we don't need to go over all the boring pranks that happened But Like Toadie and Rose started playing pranks on each other Because that's their thing oh.
2: Oh.
0: Kate and I were in the same
2: wavelength exact point And It's just like, oh, for fuck's
1: sake <laughs> Don't tamper with my drink, mate
2: Yeah, you're in your 40s, like, grow up
1: <laughs> She's on the clock too, as well like, this uh, is exactly. her professional reputation. So um, Rose takes a, a chili dosed drink that Toadie gave her and she, like, spits it right in Melanie's face and then, yeah, it gets chili in her eye. She goes A over T backwards onto the hors d'oeuvres table and um, what happens? She, get, she gets concussed. Yeah. She gets some glass in her. It's awful.
0: It's terrible.
2: The table, like, and snaps in half pretty Celtic cleanly. was taking
1: a video of her.
2: Yeah, right? Like, honestly, have a bit of decorum, people. Probably the bloody
0: Beetlejuice. Can't trust him.
1: Apparently it went viral as well, which, oh. Uh,
0: uh, Of course. I think, like, the ten people that would have bought tickets to the Shorts and Briefs saw it.
2: (laughs) It went viral the same way Cranky Granny went viral.
0: (laughs) And so Melanie's, you know, tucked up in hospital and Toadie is mortified and he's supportive of her and... Oh, by the way, suddenly decides to believe his girlfriend that she didn't vandalise his ex-assistant's car. Oh,
1: he's oh, the worst.
2: Thanks for that, Toad. Your timing is impeccable.
1: Great. He's really, that's quite abusive, I think. Like, he's, he has to wait until she's at a rock bottom before he decides to show her any decency.
0: And I was <sighs> glad Melanie was, he's like, can I get you anything? She's like, yes, some crystals, my salt lamp, some lavender oil. My like, good. You keep those demands coming, Mel. He owes you.
1: I, I don't think you're allowed to bring things into a hospital that plug in. Oh, eh, as if as if they're noticing. Tested and tagged, have they been? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then talk about Rose coming into the hospital room.
1: Oh, the oh, the lion, the witch, and the audacity of this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the thing you just come up with? That no, it's a meme. Oh. But still, I love it.
2: I love Damn. that. C.S. Lewis would be proud. <laughs> This is what C.S. Lewis died for.
1: <laughs> she comes in and she's like, well, you know, I found out who it was and it turns out that it was Dr. Annabuke. Buke. Oh. And you know what? It's still your fault because you're a slag. And
0: she's no such like, a dog. Oh, my no God. Like, I am horizontal in hospital. Get the fuck out of my room. She saw
1: you near my car and she thought that it was your car and the side of you set her off. She had a lot of pent-up aggression, apparently.
0: So hang on a minute, you're still trying to make out that this was my fault? And I know that you didn't swing the weapon, but, I mean, it was your history that ruined my car. You put me in hospital last night and you come in here
1: to have a dig at me? I love that. I was like, yes, Melanie. Go, sister. <sighs>
2: Rose, it doesn't, it doesn't feel hurt that she's being so conniving and, like, sneaky and just, I guess she was kind of sneaky the first time around, but, like, this feels, like, very focused and, like, very vindictive, whereas for first time around it's just like, you know, I'm in a desperate situation, I'm doing this out of survival, you know, whereas this time it's just like, I feel like the whole thing is just based on spite, more than anything. It just feels really, really mean. And, like, that's impressive for someone like Lucy director to do because, you know, she's so bubbly and adorable and approachable and sweet and stuff like that. And when she's doing stuff that is so, like, dark and mean and conniving like this, it's, it's genuinely quite shocking to see that kind of development of the character.
0: Now we are having some chats on the council about how most of the plots on Neighbours at the moment are just women pitted against each other or mm. like oh, competing for a man. Oh,
1: it has been years, hasn't it? Mm.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, it's just it's it's unusual that it's most of the plots all in one week. <laughs> a woman versus woman, I will take you down.
2: It's so frustrating. Yeah, it's just like they don't know how to write women. It's just like the classic like, oh, but can they coexist? It's just like they can just live their own lives, you know. They are, they are women with autonomy and agency.
1: You and definitely don't belong in the Neighbours writing room.
2: I know, right? They would kick me out the second I walked in. It's just like, right, here's how it's going to work.
1: And,
0: look, I know that their their department is full of female writers, but it doesn't matter if you've got executives in charge. Ultimate Grand Supremes are men, and they're not opening their eyes about what they're actually doing here
1: we've talked about the misogyny for years haven't we because you know what there's a dull moment in neighbors let's bring in a crazy woman oh
0: yeah oh yeah let's let's it, play it,
1: off oh you know let's make her lie about being abused because that's a thing apparently you know like that's how many storylines have we had of that it's a really damaging too many. stereotype Yeah, perpetuating
0: here is a murderous sex pest
1: oh but his mummy was mean to him
0: oh
2: so it's her fault yeah let's make her the villain
0: and also as much as I love Melanie, at one point she goes to Tony, I think Rose is a bit cuckoo.
1: <laughs> okay. She's P- just a little yeah. bit non-PC.
0: People in glass houses shouldn't break other people's windshields. All right. I actually would support this storyline if it did come out that Rose had stopped taking her meds or something and was like, oh, man, I haven't coped with the divorce. I've gone off the rails. So sorry, guys. I've, I've interfered. It's not my place.
1: And I, look, I have I just had this grand delusion that Jared Rebecca was a sex bomb. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be like a you know temporary insanity that many women have had on this street.
2: So, yeah, Rose is continually like trying to come up with ways to get Toadie away from Melanie and like trying to get alone time with him and all that sort of stuff. And that's where all these like long lunches come into play and all these business meetings for you know what is ultimately like. I'm pretty sure. What is this like voluntary unpaid PR work that she's doing? You know, like
1: so she was to debone the toad. Yeah. <laughs> but ultimately,
2: yeah, she drags uh Toadie away from the hospital where Mel is with some, it was some story about the paparazzi, right? Like the photographers at the, at the thing where it's just like, oh, they've taken some photos and some videos of Melanie. I'm, I'm trying to get it taken down. It's just like, you, you planned that? Yeah, she, she thought she was going to
0: lose her job.
1: This is like the only, like this is the only way this film festival would have any publicity would be from this video going viral because surely no one's going to it anyway like this is this is a great thing for them for it to go viral, yeah, Amy looked a little put out, but I think she
0: even she knew she's like, oh, this is pretty good, any publicity,
2: so they sort all of that out, and then they high five like friends do, and then again, like friends do, she goes in for the kill and max on with the toad.
0: she for licks a the toad, if long you will, time. it was oh, a really long well, time. he
2: doesn't like immediately you know like how they will like. Cut away at the end and then just be like Coming up on Neighbours And then the first thing back will just be like Stop, what are you doing? Whereas this time it was just like He was just like, oh look I'm, I'm kind of enjoying this Hey, I'm, I'm getting some I'll take what I can get at this stage
0: Now here is where I feel extremely ripped off As a viewer Because we were promised A Melanie and Toadie kiss It's so insulting that they've been a couple for months now and we still haven't seen it. Yeah. And and they were like, oh, it's COVID. We can't show too many kisses. I'm like, we were owed a main character kiss before a guest character kiss. That's not fair. Just because she's a bit older, well, you don't think it's as sexy? Whatever.
1: I want to see what my future's going to be like, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, well, yeah. You're you're a woman in Melbourne. You'll inevitably end up with the
1: toad. I'm I'm not blonde, so <laughs> there's my first strike against. And, and you're way too qualified to be his subordinate. <laughs> <laughs> my reaction to the the director's cut of that kiss was, you dog, Jared Rebecca, you're oh. a piece of crap. How dare you do this to our Melanie? Melanie deserves better. But you know really getting my goat during this um, this storyline. Please tell all me, Kate. bloody hypocrisy from coos about, oh, she's some scarlet woman. Oh, God. With all the doctors. One, Toadfish bangs every PA he's got, kind of like <laughs> the same situation Melanie's been in. Yeah. And two, habitual adulterers, <laughs> Carl
0: and Susan Kennedy. But jumping over to the other woman v. woman plot over at the cannery, we have uh, Sheila versus
1: introducing Levi's mum, Evelyn. Yes. The posh lady from Portland. She feels like it a... implausible, to be honest.
0: <laughs> Evelyn is played by the woman who played Hermione in the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child play. Really? Well, it was pointed out to me.
1: Hang on, are huh. there adults in that?
0: Yeah, because it's like in the future looking back, whatever.
1: No, okay.
0: <laughs> don't, just, just don't. It's just a cash grab. Yeah. Paula Arundel is her name.
1: And she's um, Levi's fancy mum who's very proper and likes, you know, unfamiliar things like good manners.
0: And it was a great moment to get a snapshot of Levi's past because we did wonder. I mean, you know, obviously he's a young man of colour and the cannings are white as the driven snow.
2: Yeah.
0: And it was revealed that Frank,
1: who is, is he, is he Sheila's son? Yeah, Frank Junior, um, who's who's not the parents of Dane and someone else who came in, but oh, yeah, there was two yeah. other canning boys.
0: Um, he's married. He was married to Annie Jackie. He um, did the dirty on her and hooked up with Evelyn. And M-
1: must have had a moment of not being classy for this to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, she was young, you know. In and Frangers. you do see what you do down at the twenty-first yeah. century dance
0: club. Classy revolving dance floor. Classy ladies got needs. And she, um, you know, wound up pregnant and is from a conservative background and her family would have, like, disowned her if she'd kept the baby. So she handed it off to the Cannings and Frank raised Levi in and amongst the rest of them. um, With the Can clan. In the Can clan. And then Evelyn ended up dropping in to the Odd Family Barbecue and Levi was, like, happy as Larry. He's like, apart from the fact where I got beaten up when I was nine years old, I had a great childhood with all my multiple families. Don't even worry about it. (laughs) We find out that she's been ostracised by all the Cannings, which is again not um, hard to believe. You know, this white family from the country is um, not inviting the black woman into their fold. It's mm. necessarily
1: that, though. I think it was more the oh, this is the woman that old mate had the affair with, and it's really awkward having her around because <laughs> they they hooked back up again together. Annie oh. was it? Annie Jackie? Auntie. Auntie Jackie? I don't even think they broke up. She was. He was just like.
0: Oh, I locked up my mistress. Can we have the baby in our house? Okay. How about <laughs> no? <laughs> but no, I know that. It's family a hell of an ask. Yeah, I went to high school with a family that had that scenario. Yeah. Like it happens. Pretty intense. Someone's got to raise that kid. I got to say,
2: watching that build, that tension and release of Evelyn's interactions with Sheila just seeing that bubble up over the course and just seeing how, like, cold and how passive-aggressive Evelyn was towards her. Like, the build-up and then the payoff for that was just immensely satisfying. The woman playing Evelyn is just so good. She's so, like, calm and collected. And then, yeah, when she comes in for that ultimate scene...
0: I suppose it was a bit foolish to think that all your talk of family... Would include welcoming me. You were always invited. You just stopped coming. Is that how you remember it? We wanted you in Levi's life. You pride yourself on being the generous matriarch.
2: You could have made it easier, but you stood back. I felt like a million bucks. I felt like I'd have. I could have gone and if it was COVID safe, I would have gone and run the Rocky stairs and just triumphantly danced at the top because that's twice in as many weeks that Sheila has been absolutely decimated verbally and just <laughs> left speechless, like literally just bathing in her own shit. And it just feels so good. Sheila just is just so oblivious to the whole thing. She's just like, we wanted you there, but you just stopped coming. And everyone's just like, is that really how you remember it? Because I remember distinctly being ostr- ostracized like this.
1: I mean, this is a metaphor.
2: And Sheila's just like blubbering and just like, just, just tell, me, tell me what I can do to make this, this right. And Evelyn just goes, stay out of my way. And I just go, oh, God, she
1: needed to hear that. And it felt so good. It would have been a good time for Sheila to go, oh, well, look, did you know your son's in a throuple? (laughs) Let's just get that bomb out of the way. Let's focus your attention somewhere else right now. Classic redirect. Oh, my God, that storyline.
0: That's the other thing, that they have to keep uh, Levi's relationship with uh, Amy and Ned a secret because his mum would flip out.
1: She's already got some big opinions about Amy being like an old yeah, she was snatcher. so
0: judgy, wasn't she? How could she even tell? They both just look young and hot. I don't get what she could say. Yeah, look, exactly. You,
1: you could look at them and go, they look the same age.
0: So there's more to be said on all that, and we will. Uh, but at this point, we should do Citizen of the Week or Shitizen of the Week. Oh,
2: I would like, as with pretty much every week the last few weeks, would like to nominate Harlow for Shitizen because she's just – categorically the worst and (laughs) it doesn't look like she's going to be getting any better anytime soon she's just been horrible to everyone that isn't granddad like including like her own like immediate family and like
0: it's just like she is insufferable to be around and all for a job that actually sounds really dull. Yeah. It just sounds like paper pushing and not fun. So This is a girl who... They sent her off on a brainstorming session about a film festival, and she's like, "I couldn't think of anything," so I went back to housekeeping. So, that yeah. was some
2: saddest B hours. But yeah, this whole role is just absolute bullshit. Again, to to call back to the Simpsons, it reminds me when Homer referred to himself as Junior Vice President. Like, yeah, Harlow is Junior Vice President of Lasseter's, basically.
1: Kate, look, I, I look, I'm kind of torn here. I could just a seat and a sheet. You can go on, go for your life. Look, I really do this. I really, you know, have the mental capacity to think of both. Okay, first citizen, Jared, Dogfish, Rebecca. <laughs> You're the yeah, worst. Yeah. How dare you do that to our Melanie?
2: Our Melanie.
0: <laughs> yeah. At this point, I'm like, get him out. She can stay in the credits.
1: All right, and citizen, to our Jane Harris, for. I don't know, like on behalf of mothers everywhere, I don't know how she resisted smacking Hendrix's chops in that situation, but, you know, from, a, from one lockdown mum to another, she's holding on with the barest kind of <laughs> grasp of sanity and, you know, bloody hats off. Hats off for not hitting that man-child. And on that
0: note, I will award Citizen of the Week to Rose Walker because you've disappointed me, love. You came in with promise. Talking about the your football team, the bombers with Toady and Bonding so over no look I reckon she's just
1: I reckon she could have made that up too. No. Yeah. She's probably a Carlton supporter. Yeah, know. she's
0: probably worse. She'll probably be a Collingwood supporter. And I don't even do sports references. There's
2: nothing real about this woman at all. It's probably not even a real name, Rose Walker. Like her name's probably Andrea <laughs> Summers or something. <laughs> Rose Winters. There it is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> How dare you do that to our Melody? Exactly. <laughs> Whew. Well,
0: check the show notes for our socials. Neighbours Pod on Patreon, Neighbours Council on Facebook, DJY, where should people find you?
2: Uh yeah. Uh so DavidJamesyoung.com, I'm on Instagram at djywrites. w r i t e s. You can come say good day if you so desire. Um yeah, so every Wednesday night I'm doing uh the sparkling stay at home order <laughs> music trivia. Uh, over Zoom. So if you want to get involved with that, hit me up on Instagram and uh, I'll let you know. So every Wednesday night at 7.30, I'm carrying on the tradition of uh, the Bank Hotel in Newtown's music trivia while we can't go to said Bank Hotel in said Newtown. That's been really, really fun. So yeah, uh, both of you are very welcome to join us at, at any time.
1: And your, your podcasts?
2: Yes, I do a podcast called All My Friends Are In Bar Bands, where I interview musicians about uh, their life through uh, the world of touring, which, you know, feels very fantastical right now, but it's still nice to reminisce, and uh, also do a podcast called Hottest 100s and Thousands, uh, where we go through and review every song that has ever been in the Triple J Hottest 100. Uh, We are about halfway through our ninth season, where we are talking about the 2001 countdown, Uh, but yeah we've obviously had to take a bit of a break while we haven't been able to do all this stuff in person but uh, now we are gearing up hopefully to get that rolling again so uh, yeah keep an eye on that if you are so inclined.
0: Thanks DJY for dialing in. Oh my god absolute
2: pleasure thank you so much for having me again this is genuinely one of my favorite shows so like being on it Yay. again like is yeah such a trait so I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks Kate. See you then. Thanks for listening. Bonsoir. Sun's up. It's a little after 12. Make breakfast for myself. Leave the work for someone else. People say, they say that it's just a face. They tell me to.